Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Mike Molina, Andy Brand Bernard, and the Hackmaster, Dr. Bashman MD. We will be right back. The answer to an unsolved mystery sat 120 miles away. We'll find out what that's all about next, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business that started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Yo! It's me, Anthony Scaramucci. The Mooch! I heard you two nutless liberal ass weepays mention my name earlier, and when I hear my name three times, I appear like a Goomba Beetlejuice. Wow, well, uh, thanks for calling in, Mr. Scaramucci. So... Mooch! Mr. Scaramucci. Mooch! Were you surprised you only lasted 11 days on a job? Hell no! Not after what I said to that ass Weepe from the New Yorker, which was all off the record, by the way. But I guess people didn't I like love it, it when I said that. And let me see if I can clean this up for prime time. Please. That Steve Bannon was trying to S his own C. <laughs> <laughs> God, the mooch calling in. Uh. Police say the two mysteries were one, but 120 miles separated them. Now investigators believe they know what happened to Marianne Perez, a 33-year-old mother of three who disappeared after meeting friends at a New Orleans-area country western bar on March 26, 1976. As WKRG explains, uh, just eight months after her disappearance, a set of female remains were found by hunters in Alabama's Mobile County near the Mississippi border. But in the pre-computer age, the 120 miles that separated the two cases proved too great. No one put one and one together. Four years later came a revelation, not uh, one big enough to solve the mystery. In 1980, a man arrested in Kansas confessed that he and his wife had killed multiple women, including one they picked up at a country western bar, reports the Washington Post. It sounded like Perez, but there was a problem. David Courtney revealed the location of the bodies to the cops, and those remains were found, all except one, that is, 
the New Orleans woman, whom the advocate reports the Courtney's say they saw having car trouble. She accepted their offer for a ride, and David said he strangled her and deposited her somewhere along the Mississippi border, but no body, no crime. Things went nowhere for decades until Detective J.T. Thornton of the Mobile County Sheriff's Office it's started... It's such a sheriff name. Oh, yeah, J.T. Thornton? Yeah. Southern yeah. Sheriff. Definitely. Southern <laughs> Sheriff. J, sheriff J.T.'s coming by. Um, the Mobile County Sheriff's Office started looking into cold cases, came across the Jane Doe, and then learned about Perez. He met with her family, who told her Perez had a partial dental plate due to a traffic accident as did the remains found more than 40 years ago. Those remains are now being DNA tested to confirm the mystery has indeed been solved. Courtney is serving a life sentence in Kansas. His wife, Donna, served 10 years and died in the 1990s. Mm. So uh, they, he and his wife just went around kidnapping women and killing them. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, what, just so, a couple of lunatics. Yeah, yes. Just, well, yeah, a couple of you know, lunatics, but well, man, what's the thrill in that? I what's, don't understand that. I've never understood why holding someone who's defenseless hostage is a thrill. They can't defend themselves. What's the big thrill here? Yeah, it, it, this, this, this idea, I guess maybe it's this divine power. Oh, I'm gonna t- yeah, I can yes. take this person's life. Oh, I mean, that's messed up thinking. In cases like that, that it's really- always uh, they were... They were powerless when they were younger because their parents used to beat them, and yeah. now they want to feel power. But by by now, their brains are already malformed, so no amount of power is enough to yeah. make up for the powerlessness they used to feel. That's true. That's really too bad. <laughs> That's my theory. Marianne Perez, a very beautiful young woman. That's terrible. Yeah, but it, oh, they it, were married, but they were also both homeless. Who? So the, the murderers. There were just two homeless people who got married, married and, homeless and started got a, killing people. Got yeah. a car. Oh, they were both homeless when they met. No, they were like serially homeless. They didn't. They just drifted around killing people. But I mean, they were both homeless when they met. Yeah, I guess. And they they had a car. Or didn't have a car. Did. So they weren't that homeless. Well, there's people who are homeless on purpose. Uh, they pre- they prefer right. to roam around and be free and also be crazy. Yeah, it's very very true. <laughs> Authorities say George Zimmerman threatened a private investigator working for a documentary filmmaker, per the AP. Court records show Zimmerman was issued a summons for a May 30th arraignment on a charge of misdemeanor stalking. A sheriff's report says the investigator contacted Zimmerman in September on behalf of Michael Gasparro, uh, who's making a documentary on Trayvon Martin. The series is being produced by rapper Jay-Z. Court records show the private investigator received 55 phone calls, 67 text messages, 36 voicemails, and 27 emails from Zimmerman in December alone. Mm. The records don't list an attorney for Zimmerman. Zimmerman identifies himself as Hispanic. How is that relevant? I know. How is that relevant? If he's Because he is part Hispanic. Just in the middle of everything. Oh, by the way, he's Hispanic. Yeah, I mean, he identifies as Hispanic. Doesn't even say he is Hispanic. The former Neighborhood Watch volunteer fatally shot the 17-year-old Martin in 2012 in the central Florida city of Sanford. He was acquitted of all charges. Martin was black. What is that? Yeah, I don't... Whoever wrote this has uh, weird hang-ups, I guess. Well, I will tell you what. It did not help that the president of the United States, sticking his nose in it, said, Oh, Trayvon Martin could have been my son. No, he couldn't. Yeah, unless your son went around trying to kill people in a hoodie then good god no because uh, that ch- that child would have grown up in a in a home of responsibility exactly and uh would have been educated in, in proper citizen behavior right. and that you know, couldn't have been your son so i mean nobody is saying that trayvon martin had it coming nobody deserves to be killed but we find out this george zimmerman's a nut job and trayvon martin was a pot stirrer and a troublemaker <laughs> Again, it doesn't mean he should have been killed. It just means he put himself in precarious positions, and unfortunately, uh, you ran into the wrong psycho. And when you, when you, those the 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 the, behavior, the illegal behaviors or aggravated behaviors where you're, you're you're assertive to people in the wrong time at the wrong place, you know, those put you in harm's way. Yep. And whether you get That's beat up, true. you get pushed down, you get shot, you get knifed, someone hits you with a car. I mean, it's all that same kind of violent behavior. And you, I don't know, it never made sense to me. Don't take those risks. I'm just, I'm just not a big fan of, oh, he could have been my son. No, he could not have been your nope. son. 
I don't know, why would you say that you're president of the United States, although all the presidents say psychotic things now, so what's the difference? Mm. No, uh, Trayvon actually, well, his parents were divorced, yes. but both of his parents were active in his life, so. Well, yeah, he went for, I think he was leaving his father's house to go back to his mother's house, I think, when that happened. Yeah. Uh, it was one of, it was something like that. Well, it's, well, what, so that being said, but why, why, why isn't somebody like uh, President Obama helping in South Chicago? If he feels like these people could be yeah, for these, real. these young men who are uh, at, in, at risk in South Chicago could be his sons, yeah, yeah, why doesn't would. he reach out to help them? I if agree. what you care about is young black boys dying, that's where it's happening. I mean, yeah, that's true. Because they're, they're all, some of them are preteen, as a matter of fact. A lot of them are like, I mean, I consider basically anyone under 20 to be a child, more or less, now. Well, mentally they are. still. And, children. yeah, a lot of them are under 20. Yeah, and I true. believe he can make a difference. I think he can make a difference because of, of his background, the fact that he identifies as being black, the fact that they respect him for what he's done and what he's achieved in his life. He can make a difference. There's, and it doesn't, may not take much. He just make a big hey, cut it out. Right. Well, his father abandoned him, didn't he? Uh, didn't he end up living with his, his mother yeah. and her parents? Yeah. I think his father abandoned the whole family. He's from, what, Kenya or Uganda or something? Yeah. I don't know. I try to stay away from all those stories because it just pisses me off. But he has a great opportunity. I think he, he, could, do I wonderful, he could do wonderful things there and really cut down on the violence. But He was born in Hawaii. He was born in Hawaii. And his dad was... Kenyan. Or Malaysian. His mom was Malaysian? Something. No, his um, mom's white. Kenyan, yes. His Kenyan. mom's a honky from Kansas. I said honky. <laughs> you heard me. But then, yeah, they were divorced almost yeah. immediately after Obama was born. Right, and then he just left, right? Let's see, yes. Yeah, he did. He only saw, the last time he saw Obama was when he was 10. So, right, yeah. so there you go. A couple attacked by a crocodile wedded days later in a Zimbabwean hospital where the bride was recovering after losing an arm. In one week, we went from shock and agony to a truly amazing experience. 27-year-old Jamie Foxx. <laughs> different Jamie Foxx, Fox, apparently. I don't think it's the same guy. I don't get, and I don't get the impression that's a traditional name there. It's not a traditional name. No, there. it really is not in Zimbabwe, I wouldn't think. Now don't name your kid Jamie Foxx. Fox and his then fiance Zanele Nidlovu. Now there, there we are. Yeah, There's Zanele a Zimbabwe name. That's, that's true. We're canoeing on the Zambezi, one yeah. of Africa's longest rivers, when a crocodile attacked them. Why are you canoeing on the Zim- uh, yeah, no, Zambezi? No, uh, no canoeing on an African river. No. It's not a good idea. Zanele lost her right arm and suffered injuries to her left hand. Five days later, they married in a hospital chapel. We were glad we still had our lives and managed to keep our wedding date, although we had to do with a much smaller venue. The celebrations went ahead at the original venue, but Zanele and I had to remain at the hospital, said Fox. He described the wedding as incredible, said he loved working on its living color. No! (laughs) That's in living color, I guess. Uh, Victoria Falls Guide, a travel website, describes canoeing on the Zambezi above the Victoria Falls, the perfect activity for those not only who want to see the abundant bird and animal life, but also want to experience the peace, tranquility, and beauty of the Zambezi River, (laughs) except for the crocodile part. And how big a crocodile is that that's that's attacking a canoe? Yeah. I know, man. Yeah, crocodiles don't usually do that. You know, that that story sent chills down my spine because her arm wasn't, you know, wasn't surgically removed. No, it was you know, torn it off. It was ripped yeah. off. Man, oh, what a grim thing. But now think it, think about it. Adjusted for inflation, you go all out on the wedding and the surgery. It's a what buck twenty five in Zimbabwe. <laughs> I know, man. It's a lot of do re me right there. Now let's see what the. Uh, because it was the uh, average GDP oh, is in Zimbabwe. It's I'm been guessing three it's not years very since high. we talked about it on the show, but that inflation rate in Zimbabwe was ridiculous. Well, it was yeah, a little average, high. The average person in Zimbabwe has about $2,200 to their name. Say. So, yeah, the money can get you pretty far there. Ain't got no money, ain't got no arm. <laughs> no, no arm. Um, for the couple, the experience turned into a terrifying incident. I was shouting, trying to save her. She was not complaining of pain. 
when we managed to pull her out of the water, maybe because of the shock. We were hoping the doctors would save her arm, but that was not to be, said Fox, adding that the couple had dated for about 18 months. I proposed in February. We were hoping to settle in the U.K., so we are sorting out. Yeah, you can go canoeing in the U.K., yeah. Okay, there. <laughs> you don't got you the don't you got the croc? Don't have no crocodiles there. God, an average male Nile crocodile is between three point five and five meters long. Holy! So Anna. that's an average of about fourteen feet long, exceeding a thousand pounds. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> well, you know they're in Florida now. Florida didn't used to have crocodiles, but now they do. Oh, good. Because they swam up or something. Yeah, I don't they're know what they're they absolutely huge, and they the Nile type of crocodile is one of the most dangerous ones, if not the most dangerous one. So good. Let's see. Oh. Um, in any case, we were hoping to settle in the UK, so we were sorting out her visa, and then we will think of the honeymoon. He said, Zanele was discharged from the hospital on Monday. Let me see the picture again, Andy. Yeah, there's that arm. Oh, it's a, no more arm. it's a very pretty young woman. Looks Where's like you? her hand was at least, Where was it's still intact. Which I don't is, think that thumb's looking too good, though. I don't know. I think it, I think might, it be might all right. Yeah. Not having, losing both hands would be like a oh, man, off yourself scenario. That would be terrible. Yeah, she's taking a very, I mean, she's very, very happy. Now, like this is a week looks, after she lost her arm. Yeah. Uh, very impressive. Yeah, one week. That's what I would refer to as a tough broad right there, man. Yeah. I would say a t- tough cookie. Tough cookie right there. Oh, with the bro- oh, And when I think Amazing. Zimbabwe Hospital, I don't think, you know, the most up-to-date equipment. Yeah. So. That's what you think, but you might be surprised. You know, I was surprised. You know, they, they $2,200 per capita, though? I mean. That's not good. Don't have a lot of money for that kind of thing. You're the, right. Let's see, the, the GDP, the entire country is worth $33.9 billion. So, I mean. You know, if they have, like, you know, the one hospital, then, yeah, they can make a pretty good one. The uh, crocodile took her arm off at the elbow, it looks like. Yep. Above the elbow, definitely. Oh, it's above the elbow, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's definitely above the elbow, which yep. is, yeah, too bad. But honestly, got a week later, she's got a big smile on her face. She's happy as hell. Unbelievable. We'll hook her up with a robotic arm. She's going to be fine. I don't think you can do that above the elbow. I don't think they have those yet. Why not? The only ones I've seen are below the elbow. They're they're working on it. The Northwestern University is doing that happen. sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, it'll happen. It's just going to take a while. I'm still going. If that ever happens to me, I'm going with the Ash versus the Evil Dead mm-hmm. uh, implement application, where he just attaches like a chainsaw to where his <laughs> arm used to be. Ah, <laughs> yeah, just hook it up with a tool. I like it. Yeah. Just put you know like a grabber on there sometimes, <laughs> and put like a chainsaw. Be fantastic. She said handsome, not handless. Not handless. <laughs> handsome, not handless. Kingpin, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back. Check in with the latest with Jeffrey Tambor and a special guest coming up later in the hour, Tom Bernard Show. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My pillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium my pillows and two go anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first my pillow. If you already know how great the my pillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. 
That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. Get it, just teaching me to dance. I, I didn't know how to dance. Do you want to dance? What are you trying to say? You want me to dance? Well, no, no, not if you don't want to. I mean, I just when I'm not. I can't believe you're in there trying to move in on my squirrel. I ought to stoot slap your ass right now. <laughs> We're gonna drill you another asshole, shithead. You want to kiss somebody, Goldilocks? Kiss these. <sighs> What the hell is that? Take that, you freaky piece of shit! You don't mow another guy's lawn! All right. <laughs> <laughs> was that the drug? That was really heroic, Munson. Hey, I did ask you a favor. I mean, I, if I hadn't knocked him out, those animals would have torn him apart. So thanks I get. You didn't have to have beers with him afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Woody Harrelson. Uh, uh. He said, handsome, not handless. <laughs> was a great line. Actor Jeffrey Tambor has spoken out for the first time since he was accused of sexual harassment by two transgender women on the set of Emmy winning, uh, the Emmy-winning Amazon series Transparent. Um, in an exhaustive story in The Hollywood Reporter, the actor defends him- himself against accusations from his former personal, uh, personal assistant, Van Barnes, and former co-star Trace Lizette. Uh, While admitting he wasn't always a joy to be around, I did raise my voice at times. I was moody at times. There were times when I was tactless. But as for the other stuff, absolutely not, he said. The other stuff is presumably Barnes' allegations of sexual propositions and unwanted touching and similar claims by Lizette. What do you think they're going to do about this? Because you throw this out there, that's national news. They have no proof whatsoever that he did that. Yeah. What are you gonna? What are we gonna do about that? I'm hey, not saying he didn't do it, but there's no proof he did. It's conviction by fiat. Yeah, it's terrible. You say you say the word, it's yep. true. Yeah, you I know. say the word, it's true, and it might be true, but you know, it's just the word. Just say, oh, you don't have. You know, there's no. There's no substance. There's no due process, and that's a bad deviation. I mean, to mess with somebody and to well, like Andy said before, you lynch him. <laughs> You know, just on social media, now you're yeah, done. It's, it's yeah, we ridiculous. went from that, I hear that black man whistled at that white woman to I hear that man touched that woman. It's, I know. it's exactly really right. not it's, that it's different. It's the same thing. It's exactly right. the same thing, Andy. Yeah, the it's, only difference is instead of actual murder, it's career murder. Yeah, or life murder. Well, or, yeah, I suppose, because... I have a feeling a lot of these people aren't going to be able to uh, basically get a job ever again. Well, I mean, the problem that you have is, let's say... Uh, you know, you take Ralph or me. So they go after Ralph, they go after me. That means his wife suffers, his two children suffer. They go after me, my wife suffers, my two children suffer. Everybody in the family gets nailed. Mm. I mean, what are you thinking? You think it's okay to destroy other people? Look, if it happened, then, look, I pretty much believe Charlie Rose since 60 women came out and said, here's what I would say. I don't think the guys who do that kind of thing do it to one person or two people. They do it to everybody. Yep. Or am I wrong about that? It's a general behavior that they use. That's how they inter. That's how they interact uh, either with men or women. Right. Or in this case, th- now these were these were women to they men. Were, they were both transgender. I think men, men to, to women. women. Oh, men to women. I think mm-hmm. so. Yes. Because yeah. the names were men, Trace and yeah, Trace and Van. And van. So I thought it was the other way around. So maybe it is the other no, way it's, around. it's not. Oh, it's not? Well, I know it isn't for Trace. What? Van Barnes, um, also male to female. Male to female. He says, anxiety over his role as a transgender woman had a lot to do with tension on the set. I drove myself and my castmates crazy. Lines got blurred, he said. I was scared because I was a cisgender male playing Mara Pfefferman. And my whole thing was... Am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? To the point that I worried myself to death. Tambor was officially fired from the show on February 15th, but will return to screens on May 29th with the premiere of Arrested Development Season 5. Um, see, he got fired over this. And yeah. I, again, I don't know if he did it or he didn't do it, uh, but I don't really understand how going from I, I was beside myself, am I doing it right, am I doing it right, would have to do with... Uh, sexual propositions and unwanted touching. Uh, but again, how are you going to prove that he did or didn't do it? I, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know how they're going to handle that situation. I really don't. But apparently some people don't believe he did it because he got hired to do Arrested Development Season 5. So some people believe he did it, and other people believe he didn't, didn't believe well, he did They don't, don't believe he did it. I don't think those people care. I think they just know that that's a lot of money they're going to make off of it. Well, there has to be witnesses to this, this sort of behavior because it's in, it, it, their interactions are in a public kind of a space. I mean, they're not in a... You know, unless it's went on in a bathroom, he's coming on to, you know, but, but it, no, there was, it's the wrong bathroom. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, there's no private space when you're in, in an acting situation that they could happen without, they, so maybe they do have witnesses. I, I don't know, but just when it's just hearsay and just words, you know, man, that's dangerous. That's a dangerous thing. Yeah, it is. There's no doubt about it. We, but we cannot continue forward just ending people's lives and careers on hearsay. It's a horrible situation. And look, I understand for centuries men have gotten away with, I guess, sexual murder is the best way to put it. I understand that. But this whole idea in the brains of people these days to make up for what happened to people of other races, of other genders, to other orientations, you can't make it all up now with this generation. It's not possible. It, it, It wasn't precipitated by this generation. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't owe you the reparations. No. <laughs> it's just not the way life is supposed to be. But for some reason, we now have uh, the world staring down at everybody going, oh, well, you need to pay for uh, the sins of the father. Well, that's not how life works. The sins of the father's 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 yeah, father's in, religion. In, in this case, kind of exactly. stuff. I mean, I don't know. It's, like I said, I don't know. I, maybe all these people in Hollywood are just, just love to grab people's body parts and blah blah blah. You know. I, I just look. It's situ- I got here today, and there, are, you know, Leanne works in the building. She had a friend here, and she said her father and 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 she are big fans of the show. And would I take a picture with her? I said absolutely. So I put my arm around her and leaned. She leaned her head against my shoulder, so I leaned my head against her head. Now, I suppose that you could look at that picture and go, well, that's kind of sexual, isn't it? No, it's not. It's an affection from one person to another saying, hey, you like the show. I, I have a job because of that. You know, I guess. I guess you could look at that picture and, and say, oh, I don't know about that. But, I mean, <laughs> Leanne took the picture. She wasn't going like, wait a minute, you guys are over the line here. Whoa. You know, Jesus, what are we doing? Yeah, buddy, I went. Uh, I went to the, the new nine two five restaurant. Lenny Russo took over, and Lenny yeah. Russo kissed me. It's ninety two point five. Oh, that's right. It's ninety two point five. I just realized that. That came up as well. I, like I said, I I have two Italian friends. Not not Molina, but I have two Italian friends. Whenever they they greet me, they kiss me on the lips because they're Italians. That's what they do, right? I don't think it's sexual in the least. Matter of fact, I know it's not sexual in the least. They just, but most men would recoil in horror, I suppose, right? Yeah, well, unless you have, unless you have cultural sensitivity. I mean, people yeah, do stuff I different. I, you know, what the hell do I care? A lip's a lip. What the hell's the difference? <laughs> it's not a sexual thing. The Environmental Protection Agency plans on repealing an Obama-era requirement effectively mandating all new coal-fired power plants be outfitted with unproven emissions technology. Oh, that's good. Make sure, let's use unproven technology, shall we? Let's force you to buy something that's not shown to be effective. The Daily Caller News Foundation has learned EPA will modify the new source performance standards for power plants as part of its efforts to repeal the Clean Power Plan. The centerpiece of the Obama administration's climate agenda, EPA will drop the de facto requirement that new coal plants install carbon capture and storage technology. Obama administration critics say would make it nearly impossible to build new coal plants. It's fantastic that the Trump EPA is repealing the Obama EPA's ban on new coal-fired power plants. JunkScience.com publisher Steve Malloy told the DCNF, it's not clear exactly how EPA will modify NSPS. But dropping the CCS mandate could mean raising carbon dioxide emission limits for new power plants to a threshold that allows more highly efficient plants to be built. I have a question for you. Uh, Yes, we all want clean air. You should live a clean life. You should recycle. You should do everything you can to keep the environment clean. But instead of constantly worrying about what the United States is doing, why don't we take a look at China and India 
who are delivering probably, what, 99% of the emission problems in the world? I mean, it's not even close. We have gone backwards, as a matter of fact. Yep. We are emitting much, much less harmful uh, material into the atmosphere. Build some more nuclear power plants. Yeah, there you go. I mean, no, no, no emissions. I mean, no, right. no, they hate nuclear for some reason. Oh, that's because they say this horror that we dropped the bomb, and they have this, yeah. we have this uh, hang up uh, for that kind of power. Yeah, but that kind still... of power could eliminate all this. I mean, we have the ability to eliminate all of our carbon emissions for right. electric power. Right. But again, we're all upset the United States dropped out of the Paris Accord, but the Paris Accord does nothing to China and India. Yeah. Nothing. So what good is it to be in their accord if it doesn't go after the two biggest offenders on the planet? That makes no sense. And it didn't. It didn't. There's no teeth in it. So no, you, you no could, teeth. You, it was self-reporting. So Russia was self-reporting, right. and there, there was right. there was concern that maybe the reporting wasn't as accurate as it could be. You think? Well, you think that could happen? That might. God, that's hard to believe. You know, somebody do that. I'd love the energy minister in India. His his comment when they was going, doing the negotiations says, "You can't wish coal away. That's all we got." To try yeah. to pull well, this true. population out of uh, out of misery. Well, it's just so much cheaper than anything else. It's the it is, cheapest. Yeah. It's there's so much of it. It's very um, energy dense. And you can buy a ton of it for like ten dollars. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, there you, you know, go. Is it ten dollars a ton? No. Yeah, yeah, it's that cheap. Uh, Let's see. Is coal ten dollars a ton now? It depends on the type of coal, um, because there's a bunch of different grades yeah, because the st- the, of the, coal. the stuff that comes out of South Dakota or North Dakota, wherever they they're, they're mining it, that's ling- lignite. That's like awful stuff. It's we, awful. Oh, do you want that bituminous or that anthracite coal out of Pennsylvania? Yeah, sub uh, subbituminous is fifteen dollars per ton. Lignite is twenty two per ton. Uh, the anthracite, the best, is a hundred dollars per ton. But that's still, you know, a that's ton still, of coal is a lot of coal. It's a lot of coal for, for only a hundred dollars. Yeah, it's true. When I was a little kid, and I mean little little kid, like three, I remember there were still a couple of houses that that had coal furnaces. Well, Lindsay remembers her her um, yeah. mom uh, opening the furnace and it flashed back and singed all the hair off her oh, her yeah. eyebrows and everything in the front of her hair because of that. Yeah, my grandma had that. You get the, I mean, some of those north side houses probably still have coal chutes in them. Yeah. They probably do because they, they were burning coal up 100 years ago or Man, whatever it was. If you had a coal fired boiler now, you mean you could heat your house for 100 or 200 bucks a winter? A winter. A ton of coal is a lot of coal. That's a Let's lot see, of coal, man. Uh, one kilogram of coal is, it's got 24 megajoules of energy in it. Let's see. Megajoule. So, Gasoline. Let's see how much a gallon of gasoline has in it. I can't do this instantly. We should do a kilogram, kilogram to kilogram, not a gallon. Do they measure kilogram gasoline in kilograms? I mean, yeah, well, it's well, hard to find that much. You know, no one measures gasoline in. <laughs> well, here we go. Someone uh, broke kilogram yeah. of gasoline, forty-five megajoules. So gasoline's about twice as energy dense as coal but how much is a kilogram of gasoline huh twice uh, as energy dense yes that's huh. amazing that it, uh, but actually is oil amazing. is also a lot i mean it's going to run out a lot faster than coal that's for sure because we're using it so uh in such great amounts yeah we use and there's a, lot a there's a it. finite amount whereas coal uh, there's so much there's it's basically infinite <laughs> Not basically infinite. There's just lots of it. Well, I mean, there's so much that it's like, how could we ever... By the time we use it all up, we're going to be, you know, we're going to have something a lot better than that. Yeah. I still love the fact that the word chauffeur um, is French for... Um, chauffeur? No, it's a... Cooker? It's a person who loads uh, a furnace, oh. a... Um, well, that's, stoker. That's stoker. what it, chauffeur is. Is French for stoker. They because they stoke the steam engine for the cars they drove for other people. Now here we go. Gas oil is six hundred dollars per ton, whereas coal is a hundred. So even six though gasoline is twice ener- as energy dense, it's six times more expensive. expensive. So yeah, coal is still by far the uh, cheapest source of energy we have. That is pretty amazing. Look. Again, be very clear. I don't want people... And here's what I love. People talk about this, that, and the other thing. Everywhere I go, there's garbage in the streets. 
And believe me, and America I, is one of the best countries in the world for recycling. Oh yeah, absolutely. God, you you can there are pictures of some countries. The rivers are literally you can't even see the water. It's just a river of garbage. God, that's <laughs> nice, isn't it? We don't have that here. No, we do not have rivers of garbage. <laughs> We shall be right back. I will tell you that. Special guest coming up next, Suzette Webb, Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan, and now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth, just like me, at their free informational dinner on Monday, May 21st, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really fast. I lost over 40 pounds at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth after being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that are weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutramost weight loss plan is so easy, they guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Call now to register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on May 21st. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. I remember when my older brother came home from Vietnam and how proud I was to be seen with him in uniform. I'm a huge supporter of our military men and women and always have been. I've also got a soft spot for women and children. Lincoln said in his second inaugural speech that we should take care of the wounded and care for the widows and orphans. That's exactly what the Gold Star Ride Foundation does. This summer, the Gold Star Ride Foundation will travel across the country visiting Gold Star families on an ambitious adventure to help those families and remind them they are not forgotten. I made a commitment to help this organization just like Weston Choppers, Northlight Color, and Print Media Minnesota, and you should too. It's pretty easy to do. Just visit www.goldstarride.org and click the Donate button. Many of my listeners already have, and that's great, but let's not forget, we're all in this together. www.goldstarride.org. Today's a good day to do it. Be proud of our veterans and their families. Make a contribution today. Ladies and gentlemen, May 13th, this Sunday is Mother's Day, a time to celebrate the woman who raised us, often putting her needs ahead of ours. Wait a minute, I think they meant that the other way. Um, Her (laughs) needs ahead of ours, yeah. But according to Suzette Webb, it's also time to offer mothers the chance to let go of the notion that they have put themselves last in order to be a good mom. Suzette Webb, our special guest. How are you doing, Suzette? I'm doing great, Tom. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure just ahead of Mother's Day to talk about Mother's Day because I adored my mother. Yes. She was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. My father was gone from the house by the time I was 10 years old. He came back for a couple of months when I was 16, but then he was gone forever. Yeah. So my mother raised seven children on her own, working as a diner waitress. She was a very strong woman. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I was just told a story and I, I would like to pass it on here. Sure. This guy, I went, to a, I went to a function on Thursday night last week, and this man came up to me. He's an attorney in town. He said, i got to tell you this story. He said, my father was a farmer out in rural Minnesota, worked the farm, worked the farm, worked the farm, and then got to the age where he needed attention and he needed care. So we moved him to the Twin Cities and put him in a, uh, an adult care facility. Mm-hmm. And I went to visit him, and, and I asked him how it was going. <laughs> and he said, well, it's pretty good. Everybody's, uh, everybody's really, really pleasant. And, and this woman's pleasant, but she's very aggressive. She's like the most aggressive woman I've ever met. She'll tell you her opinion on anything. She's a very <laughs> aggressive woman. Turned out to be my mother. <laughs> my mother, yeah. she was. My mother would tell you exactly what she thought. I will tell you that. I love that. Oh, she was unbelievable. She was a very strong... I love strong, tough women. My wife is a strong, tough woman. My mother was a strong, tough woman. I work with strong and tough women. I I love them. That's right. And you know what, Tom, if if I may share here, the most important thing for us as moms is we want to see our children become strong and tough and resilient. 
Yep. But as we know, all of the research shows that in many instances, as adults, we will often model the behavior we experienced as a child, right? Mm-hmm. So when we think about it, we pour into our kids not to see them grow up and put themselves last, but if that's the behavior we're modeling for them, there's a high chance that's exactly what can happen. So I think there's a way for moms to begin to put themselves first without sacrificing uh, their family. And just to share with you, I know exactly what you mean because my parents never married. So my mom oh, okay. was a single mom. And okay. at least your dad came back at age 16. Mine never did. <laughs> yeah, he came back for a couple of months and was a huge for a couple pain of months. Yeah. I so, wasn't, it was not a pleasant two months, I will tell you. That. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I, I can relate, you know. And, and, and the thing is, is when you're, you get older and then, of course, you become a parent, you really know the depths that a mom will sacrifice. Oh, yeah. You know, I often call the mothers as the glue because we hold it together yeah, for yep. everyone, right? If true. not us, then who? Yep. It, that's how we reason. Um, but uh, I have a way for moms to what I call, Tom, is upping your mom game. You know, this is all about how do I begin to carve out some time and begin to put some of my needs first. What happens is I go back to playing my mom game, and and I've upped it in a sense because Mm -hmm. now I'm in a better place to pour into the kids and the household and everything else. So I've got a couple of uh, uh, key steps on how moms can begin to put their um, you know, selves first and to up their mom game. So I would love to hear it. I would absolutely <laughs> love to hear it. Well, you know what? I use the, 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 the game analogy because what happens throughout the day for moms, we talked about us being the glue, but we really spend our day juggling ball after ball. And if there's one ball to be dropped, it's that self-care ball, mm-hmm. right? And, but, what, but the part of upping our mom game is for moms to understand that self-care is not selfish. So if I keep with the game analogy, the first key is a warm-up routine, right? You think about a game, you never start a game without warming up, right? You've got the NBA uh, finals going on right now, or what do you call it? Not, not the finals, per se, the playoffs. Yeah. There yeah, playoffs. you go. Yeah, going to the semis, These guys, so. professional athletes, they never go out on that court without doing their warm-up routine, right? right and right. so as moms, we should set a routine for ourselves and how we start our day, you know, pouring into ourselves first before we pour into kids. And sometimes moms think, you know, we think we don't have enough time for that. I say the more time you make carve out for yourself in the morning, if you could get up 30 minutes earlier and just take that me time, maybe that's a nature walk, maybe that's writing in your journal, whatever that is, is a way for you to pour into yourself so you're better at pouring into them, you're, you're, you're at least starting the day on a better footing, right? Yeah. Um, that, that, that second thing, and I, and I just will reiterate for moms, the first thing out of their mouth is, I don't have the time. Let me tell you, if you only have 10 minutes, take that 10 minutes, whatever that is. The second step I will say is now you're in the game. And sometimes, moms, we can be in the throes of the game, which means we might be overwhelmed. And sometimes during a game, even a good game, you've got to take a timeout. We put kids on timeouts, but we don't take them ourselves. And the purpose of the timeout is that it shifts the energy. So sometimes, you know, I might just, you know, if I don't have time, because that's what moms say, we're just strapped for Mm -hmm. time, right? Right, right. But I I might close my office door and take two or three minutes of just intentional, you know, maybe two or three intentional breaths. I'm breathing in what I want. I'm breathing out kind of what I don't want. I'm really trying to shift the energy. If I'm in the car, and, and, and I'm in Chicago, but if I'm in Minnesota, I'm listening to you, Tom, <laughs> in the morning, because I'm in the car and I always have Thank the radio God. on. <laughs> I always have that radio on. But sometimes, and I tell you, that car can be a scene. 
we're, we're approaching summer. Moms live in their cars in the summertime. Mm. We're bringing kids yeah. back and forth here and there because they're not in school, right? So I'm having a moment in the car. We have the radio on. I might click it off just for two or three minutes just to regroup and reshift the energy because what's key is that our kids absorb our energy. So if we're frantic in the moment, they're picking up all of that, right? Yep. Two more steps. The third one is, okay, now it's time to play. And we set play dates for our kids, but not for ourselves. We've got to take time to do those things that bring us joy. I don't care, Tom, if it's coloring, if it's gardening, because here's the key. What happens if we spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, we come back better as moms. There are those things that just bring us joy. And so I would challenge moms, any moms listening, and of course husbands who are listening, to encourage moms to take five days a month or five times a month. Now, it's not the whole day. Mom, I don't, you know, it's rare that a mom can take a whole day. But it's just five times a month that you're taking for yourself to play and do those things that bring you joy so that when you go back in the game with your kids, you're, you're better restored. And then finally, you got to celebrate the win because we're playing the win. And I tell you something, Tom, and I bet you with your mom by herself, seven kids, she never forgot a birthday. No, she God. never forgot oh. an occasion to celebrate for you guys. So moms were masters at that, but we never celebrate ourselves. And so when you're talking about changing a behavior, here's what's key. You want to focus on progress, not perfection. So in the slightest way, maybe a mom is saying, okay, I'm going to take one of your steps on, Suzette, and I'm going to just carve out maybe 20 minutes for myself in the morning. Celebrate that. And, 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 and a mom knows best what that looks like. You know, maybe that's just an extra, you know, extra something she will spend on herself or maybe it's celebrating solo maybe it's celebrating with girlfriends but whatever that feels like maybe that's going to a movie in the afternoon you know it doesn't have to be anything you know fancy but it's something where she is acknowledging herself i tell you the key for us moms today is we have to model the parent and be the parent that we want our kids to become and we don't want our kids being last. So we have to think of ways to prioritize ourselves so that in turn they will do the same. Do you think women, <laughs> women have had a tough time because, I mean, 100 years ago, women were second-class citizens. That's right. Uh, men treated women like dirt, including their own wives. Um, do you think that's why it's been so difficult to, for women to do this now? I mean, it's a different age now, but it's still not perfect. It's still not perfect. And I don't really know where that myth came from, but I do think women have it tougher. And, you know, I tell you, we have more women in the workplace today than ever before. Right. So right. you know the number of balls that she's juggling. And sometimes it's just the nature of a woman to just sort of keep the peace. Right? So I could go there, but I'm not because mm -hmm. I'm looking at the full dynamic of things and we just kind of suck it up. We're also pretty good at that, too. But I love how you talk about your mom because she was a strong woman. Mm -hmm. And I bet she was as kind as she could be, but she knew how to set those boundaries. And sometimes as moms, we need to, you know, remind ourselves, hey, kiddo, I got to set a boundary here. Mom needs a little me time. And, and some, it's in increments. You know, again, if we're working, we've got small children or school-age children, we don't have a whole day to take, you know. But it's just in those small ways that we can begin to really acknowledge ourselves. I tell you, it shifts the energy in the entire house, and it shows the house now how to treat you. You know, it's funny to show you how my mother reacted to things. Later in life, when I started doing voiceover and I'd been in radio and Right. Worked at Capitol and all the rest of it, but I got back from a from a, a pretty successful trip, and I decided it was time to you know give back to my mother. So I I wrote her a pretty sizable check, and I gave it yeah. to her, and I said, "Mom, 
don't tell anybody else about this, which, of course, then she told everybody about. <laughs> but I asked her not to tell anybody about it, but I gave right. her a pretty sizable check. And instead of being happy and going, oh, I'm so proud of you and I'm so happy and this is going to be so helpful, she started crying and said, don't die like Elvis. <laughs> really? Really? That's what you're thinking of? Is I'm going to oh die like goodness. Elvis? Okay. Yeah, because I'm. what I'm doing is as important as Elvis Presley, the king of <laughs> rock and roll. Yes, Mom. I think it's a different thing. Yes, yes. I, I just love the way uh, you, you talk about uh, being a woman, being a mother, and all the rest of it. It's, uh, it's a wonderful day for me. Well, like I said, I, I took the MMPI, and I scored very high on the MF scale, which means that I think in some ways like a woman because yeah. I was raised by women. There you go. There you go. And listen. That can be a very good thing, Tom. It's worked out for me so far in life. Yes, I'll, it has, my I'll dear. Yes, that. it has. It's true. And, and, and listen, I want to offer the husbands or the significant others who are listening, the moment you see the mom in your house really making that step forward to shift her behavior in the slightest way, acknowledge her for that. Yep. Encourage her to continue to do that. The like energy it. will shift in your home. <laughs> Suzette Webb, thank you so much for your time today. Wonderful. Have a magnificent Mother's Day. You bet. Thanks for thank your time Thank you today. so much for having me, Tom. Our Take care fun. now. You Bye-bye. Too, Suzette. Suzette Webb, ladies and gentlemen, this Sunday is Mother's Day. What are you doing on Mother's Day, Ralph? Not sure. Not sure. Same thing Mo- that Andy told me. Mo- I'm not sure. Mother- Mother's Day. Uh, I don't know. I'll be in the garden. Oh, you know, here we go. In the garden. Stabbing, your, stabbing your wife right, right in the, in the back. back. Yeah, well, sure. Typical. Here we go. Whatever she wants. If she wants to do something, we're doing it. So it's all that matters. Oh, my God. I just got a, te- I got a text from Joe in Louisville. The Twins are up 7-1 in the top of the seventh. What the hell are they doing? St. Louis is a good baseball team. This team is going to drive me nuts this year, aren't they? <clears throat> yep. They just are, aren't they? Just go to a couple games. Maybe get out there. So we'll close with this. Molina, are you going to go visit your mom's uh, gravesite? Yep, uh, well, I'll go to Mass and then, right. yeah, head out yeah. to the cemetery. And I hate doing that, but I do it. Yeah. And I love the fact that where my mother picked her crypt out, there was nobody else around. Now she's surrounded by by everybody. It's oh. hilarious. It's hilarious. She I wanted know. a place all to her own, and now she's, she's <laughs> back in the condominium. <laughs> we'll talk um, to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Tom Bernard Show.